0: Hi, my name's Noreen Jamil, and this
1: is Emily Kate Stevens. Both of us have been diagnosed with long COVID. And we've created this podcast dedicated to the condition. Welcome to the Long COVID sessions. So Noreen, how was your week? Good.
0: Not not bad. I'm still riding this, this upward wave. Um like I, I'm puttering along and I'm feeling good and then I'll get a, a few, like an hour or so of palpitations and then they'll go and then I can get on with my day. Not running, not exercising, but managing to enjoy the kids and enjoy the weather. So I'm feeling fairly good. Um, just a bad stomach every morning, but I think that's the medication. How about
1: you? I've had a really bad week. I don't know if it was because I had a good week last week and kind of behaved more normally that I've then completely crashed. But uh, there's only been one day that I've been able to get out of bed without taking additional migraine tablets on top of the daily tablets that I take to try and control my migraines and uh, painkillers before I can even lift my head up. And my stomach is a mess. So it's really not been a great week
0: you know your migraines coming back really
1: sucks because you had a few months of not of not having them right i had a few months without persistent headaches which i'd had for over a year I, I am on drugs to try and control the migraines so the fact that they've come back this strongly that it takes me half a day to get out of bed and then i am wiped out for three days is uh something's out of balance
0: well i'm really sorry so i hope the weekend brings some some relief
1: so this week, we, we spoke to Sonia Gallego,
0: who suffers from long COVID, and she got COVID about the same time I did, in the early part of this year. And she's suffering from quite a few interesting things that we don't seem to have few more symptoms. We're trying to cover all the 205 symptoms in our podcasts. But um, her story is just this, you know, it it's echoes everyone's story. And we wanted to give you some personal insights on what it's like to live with long COVID. Sonia, take me back to when it all started for you.
2: It was just before that whole big wave of, of the you know the British, the Kemp variant had had um, become big news. I looked at my phone, got a message from the COVID uh, coronavirus testing unit and they said, yep, yeah, you've got COVID. And I was like, oh Lord. So I just immediately sort of took everything, barricaded myself up in one room in the house and I waited. I didn't have any symptoms at all. I just had you know, I was just sort of waiting for this to happen. And day one, no symptoms. Day two, day three, even I was like, okay, I've gotten away with it. I called up work. I said, look, I'm working because it's, you know, I feel absolutely fine. I don't feel anything, nothing, not even a sniff. I was measuring my oxygen levels just in case because, you know, with the oximeter. Um, And then about a week into this whole, journey, then all of a sudden I started getting these stabbing pains at the base of my spine, which were absolutely agonizing. I couldn't walk. I was in absolute agony. I was taking all the painkillers that I possibly had to hand. Nothing was working. Um, and uh, then I had to call the doctor at that point and say, look, this is, this is what's happening. And then the interesting thing is that the doctors were saying, oh, backache. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that's not a COVID symptom really. Um, then a few days after that, I lost my sense of smell and taste. I didn't even have a, f- a fever particularly. It was just excruciating pain, uh, headache, and just feeling like I was in agony, whether I moved or whether I didn't move. And then gradually it started to get better, but um, but then other stuff started happening. <laughs> so did you have a period after you
0: recovered from the virus where you were feeling well and then other symptoms happened or was it kind of like you got sick and then just gradually everything got worse?
2: No, this is the weird thing with what I'm experiencing, what I've been experiencing in the in the past year is the fact that I got gradually better my sense of taste and smell would come and go that was noticeable but i could i could walk again and that was a great relief but i didn't i didn't feel right um i started to work again i i i just could not even complete a, sometimes a day's work um i'd be absolutely shattered and um I would just be lying. And then then if you'd asked me to do two days in a row, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't understand what was wrong with me. I I thought this is weird. This is all in my head. Why, you know, maybe I I, I just, I'm not willing myself enough to to get up and and, and work and do stuff. And the fact was the matter is I couldn't. Some days I could barely get up and and walk across the room. That's that's how bad it was. Um, And I just... Then all of a sudden, I, you know, I'd wake up and I'd find that, OK, I'd, I'd feel better. So it was just this horrible, false sense of security that you get lulled into. And so you go about, you do things, you you do what you can. And then all of a sudden, you're flat out again and you can't move.
0: Was that your main symptom, exhaustion? Did you have any other symptoms?
2: I had, um, apart from the uh, loss of smell and taste, I, I would have horrible headaches, dizziness, And funnily enough, after that sort of two week of infection, and I tested myself the two weeks afterwards, and it said that, you know, I was COVID free after those two weeks. I thought, that's great. I can get back to normal life. -uh. Nuh-uh. I would just, I was just unable to do stuff. I, um, all of a sudden, after those two weeks, my oxygen levels went down, which I thought, well, this is is weird, because this wasn't happening very fortunately. I didn't have any lung issues um during COVID, but you know, I was finding sort of myself having palpitations and the dizziness and everything else. It was it was it was quite weird. I had I felt I had absolutely no control over my body at all. And I could not rest enough. No matter how much I tried, I could not I, I could not click back into myself if that makes sense. I there was just no way of of feeling as I did before I had this. And I was sort of you know, rather very ambitiously and optimistically trying to sort of imagine sort of booking things, oh, you know, you know, England was obviously still in lockdown by them, you know, at that point. But I was like thinking, oh, hopefully in a couple of months' time or I'll be able to do this, I'll be able to do that. And um to be honest, that from that point it was a struggle. I would say week to week is, you know, optimistic, but day to day I really have to gauge every single day since then how i'm how i'm feeling and what i'm capable of doing and if i do this am i going to exhaust myself if i don't do this uh, am i going to sort of you know cause other health issues because i'm also very aware of the fact that the less you do um you bring up all, all other health issues as well and i was pretty active before this and and I, that's that's one of the main things that actually makes me quite frustrated to put it politely about the fact that you are stuck in this ever declining circle of inactivity where you know the spirit wants to but your body's not letting you. And what about neurological issues? Are you suffering with the uh, brain fog for example? The the brain no the brain fog I have it now. I notice it on bad days um where I develop a stammer. I can't get the words out and um you know, I, I'll feel like if, if somebody is asking me a question, it could be something really basic and simple. It will be like, please don't ask me any questions. I cannot even <laughs> deal with that right now. Um, and also the whole thing about being extra sensitive as well. Noise, um, stuff happening around me, it, it sort of sets me off. I, I I've never been that sensitive before. You know, I'm a sort of, you know, I like raucous <laughs> scenes and whatever, but it's just, this was just another level of hypersensitivity, I would put it. So when was the point that you actually went to your GP with any of this? A couple of weeks after the the time when I sort of felt the dizziness and, you know, such bad dizziness that I couldn't actually stand. I just had to lie down. I thought that something's not right here. This is, this is not good. And um, I, one of my GPs was very good. She she sort of immediately said, okay, we need to get this looked at. We need to get your bloods. We need to get you tested out for this. The problem is at this time, if you're looking at the public health system in the UK, it just about managed to scrape through this horrific second wave where you had, you know, hundreds of people dying every day from this. And on top of that, it's trying to sort of keep up with the backlog from the past year as well as trying to deal with the current crisis as far as you know the pecking order is concerned, I was like small fry um so all I could do was really catalog everything and say, look this this, this and that uh, the first initial test I have revealed that I was pre diabetic i had uh, my thyroid was was really in a bad state as well um you know, all my sort of levels seemed to indicate that something was wrong, but it couldn't point to one single thing. Um, I was quite patient. I was also very mindful of the fact that there's a public health crisis. And I just thought, okay, let me just try and sort of go with this. And then up to the point where it was just like, I, I just can't deal with this any, any longer. I had to go, okay, you know, very, very you know, thankfully, I've got sort of the option to have private healthcare. So I went, please just get me references to go and see a a neurologist and a rheumatologist. And then I had some heart tests done as well. And my GP said, actually, you need to go and see a cardiologist. Unfortunately, she said, if you want to go via the public health system here, it's going to be, it's going to take forever. And I was like, okay, well, let me go and, and use my private health insurance for that as well. Um, those are the only ways that I've managed to actually get seen to, and I can't even imagine how many thousands of people that there are. Well, in fact, I, you know, I can see how many thousands of people there are because I'm, you know, members of Facebook long COVID groups, and how they're struggling day in, day out, and they don't, you know, they're trying to figure out what it is that they that they can do, what their GPs are telling them. So many people can't get referred to the long COVID clinics because they simply weren't ill enough you know they weren't hospitalized during their infection they didn't need to have oxygen and so you know loads of people who are just stuck in this limbo that they're stuck in this place where they're not being taken they're not not being taken care of and they don't know when they'll be they'll be seen to and have their their concerns and this is going to just develop and bubble into this horrible second phase of this pandemic where it's like how has it left people when you think about almost a third of, of, of people who were affected by COVID wound up with long COVID, that's a huge public health crisis there and, and a social crisis as well. I mean,
0: I have to say, like, if I'm thinking about all those thousands of people that were out there, and I'm sure they're feeling just the same way I was, where I was suffering really bad heart palpitations. And you sit there and you feel them and it, you, it affects your whole body. Like I literally would turn white because mm. they're quite painful. Yes, and you you sit there and you think, "Is this it? Mm-hmm. Is my heart going to stop?" Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And you, it's really frightening. And I really, you know, I wish everyone could see a cardiologist. And mm. I, it's it's you know, you end up just worrying yourself more because you're not able to get any help. Yeah. And it's, you know, there is a public health crisis, and people are dying of COVID. So we are lower down the pecking order. But my feeling was, and I'd like to ask you this question is that, if I didn't get my heart seen to now, what was I going to be like in a year? I've got young kids, you've got young kids. You know, we want to be around for a while. And is this going to impact my health
2: down the line? But that's that's the other huge worry as well. What I was also really mindful of was that uh, going back to you know the life you know your lifestyle before you had COVID, active, whatever you know. It's not that one felt invincible, but you know you had a degree of activity in your life. You felt that you had that you could take stuff on, and it was not a breeze exactly, but you know you could you could handle it. Um, Now I just. it's, it's actually sort of, I have to really think about what it is that I can do and can't do. Will I be able to wake up in the morning and walk down the road? Will I be able to walk to my kid's school next door? Will I be, you know, it's all these things. And I mean, I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer in in exercise. And I, I really believe that, Sort of this whole healthy body equals healthy mind. For me, sort of exercise is all about is as just as much about mental health as it is about physical health, if not more so for me. But it's not being able to be active, not being able to stretch your body out without pain, or, or 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 even just being able to do that at all is it has been the thing that has been so frustrating for me, and I am so aware of the fact that that could cause or exacerbate the symptoms. That I already have, and that frightens me. That frightens me that this is it, because I, I don't know about you, but in the space of five months, I feel like I've put on two or three decades in age, and it's scary.
0: That's another very common comment on this is that people feel that they've aged considerably. Yeah, um, and I was reading a article which says that our cells are now fifteen years older than they should be. <laughs> That's <laughs> uplifting. Yay. <laughs> oh, I know that you've just seen some doctors. Have mm-hmm. they given you any advice that you can share with other people that you think that we can kind of pass on any tips for I mean my cardiologist told me definitely he says don't do anything, just rest. Oh, that's interesting. My cardiologist told me
2: something different. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what my cardiologist said. I I I of explained to him what my uh what he saw for myself he saw for himself the um you know my sort of uh what do you call them again (laughs) brain fog in action uh yes yes the um what do you call them EKG (laughs) that's right. yeah um so he he said look it's fine it's ostensibly normal um there is, there appears to be issues with your ventricles that we need to look at. Hence, why I'm having MRIs and CT scans for that. But also, interestingly enough, um, when I chatted with him, he sort of took a sort of psychological approach as well. He he sort of delved into, but how are you feeling? You know, and uh, and at that point, there I thought, not that I was almost going to cry, but all of a sudden I felt, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, I said, well, you know, it's. It, it's annoying it's really annoying and um and he looked at my at my charts and, and the results of my test results and everything like that and he and i said to him i said he said do you have any questions i said yes i do have questions i said you know i said on on days when i feel okay given everything that you've seen is it okay if i do a little bit of exercise and he said yes you should do it and you need to do it for your own mental well-being as well and i was like thank you very much for telling me that you know he was like i can assure you that you in your particular case are not going to you know worsen what you have because you know what you have is something that we need to sort of delve into but i'm i'm not worried about it so that that was interesting now when i spoke to the neurologist um he said what you have basically it, there's no quick fix to it and awesome <laughs> so I was like yay great um a few more months of this um not that I've been counting but uh, he also mentioned that there was a an overlap between post-covid syndrome and chronic fatigue syndrome otherwise known as ME and uh, fibromyalgia as well he said that's he said we know that there is there are similar symptoms and they haven't been looked at enough and how to dress it. Now he also mentioned how they would treat that. It's a, it's um it's going to be a combination of doing more tests and figuring it out and doing, you know, other physiological um remedies as as well as psychological uh remedies as well. And um he said we might even consider having, you know, finally funnel, funneling you through one of these long COVID clinics as well, just to make it, you know, depending on, on what your needs are. Um but um, it is quite scary that um, that this thing it, it's it's a kind of a long term thing. And there is going to be the the next two years. We're going to see sort of not just you and I, but sort of so many other people around the world who are, who are going to be having to deal with this. And how, how how is that going to play out? So, what are your what are your goals now for the next? days,
0: weeks ahead, because we can only measure <laughs> our life in days and weeks at the moment. <laughs> well, um, I have seen these doctors giving you some renewed confidence and plans, and are you on any specific medications that are helping you that you feel are helping you?
2: Uh, well, I'm on some sort of, medications to help my thyroid, I'm on medications to help sort of other uh, um, supplements to help sort of other, other issues as well. Because um, I'm still going through very much the testing process. Um, they're still determining that. But um, I basically I'm I'm not going I'm not being ambitious. And I think to, <laughs> I think I think that's almost like the the sort of the biggest lesson to learn is to not have overranging ambitions. Just to sort of get up and have a day that isn't rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> is, is a good enough, is a good enough ambition. And, um, you know, maybe if there's a day where I can, you know, go for a swim, then that'll be fantastic as well. Because it's, it's just so up and down. I'm I'm not making any promises. I'm not making any demands. I'm actually, be, I, I've actually I'm actually am starting to learn to be completely selfish with my time. And by selfish, you know, I mean just, giving my body what it needs and I think that's really what any what any of us can really do.
1: So Emily what did you think about what Sonia had to say? There were a lot of interesting um, points raised there and some that we've discussed before but I think that Um, what we'd like to point out to our listeners is that from from these discussions, it it highlights various people that we would subsequently like to speak to. So specifically from Sonia, we will get a cardiologist on to talk to us about, and and I think that would be particularly interesting for you, although you have directly spoken to cardiologists yourself, but to have a sit down and have a wider discussion with a cardiologist.
0: Yeah, and she also talks about a lot of neurological issues and she's seeing an endocrinologist, which I think is something that we haven't even discussed. And right. would, would be interesting for a lot of our listeners um, if we talk to an expert in what's happening on the endocrineal system with long covid
1: Yeah, I think that would be fascinating. Um, And and the neurologist, I've got all these neurological symptoms. I've not seen a neurologist. So I would be fascinated to listen to a neurologist. This week, I've got this thing where I've got the shakes, but it's also like all of my entire body is buzzing the whole time. Um, And I just spoke to my yoga teacher and she said that is the nervous system. It's your nervous system sort of buzzing. So I think there are a lot of uh, neurological discussions to be had.
0: And I know what uh, one specialist who's quite close to your heart is trying to figure out what's happening with physically how we can rehab safely.
1: Yeah, because it's really interesting that you and Sonia have basically been given opposing advice both by the cardiologist.
0: Yeah, so we'll find we'll find someone for our listeners to help us kind of navigate that particular.
1: Yeah. And for some of us, it's wanting to get back to running or back to the gym. But For others, it's simply how do I I rehabilitate myself physically to be able to walk down the stairs and walk down the road. Yeah, that's great. All to look forward to
0: in the TLC sessions.
1: Join us next week as we hear others' experiences of long COVID. Share your stories and questions at tlcsessions.net. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram for the latest updates. And if you found this interesting, please do subscribe.